0: Good evening, everyone. Let's get started. Good evening, everyone. Good evening, Jen. Good evening,
1: Noel. How you doing?
0: All right. It's uh, Wednesday night once again, and we're all crossed out. It's uh, a little earlier than usual um, because uh, because Big Boy needs his beauty sleep.
1: I said because you're old. Yeah, I'm I'm the older person here. Because
0: because you're old. because you're old. (laughs) 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 I like that. Very blunt and to the point. I know someone who's gonna find that funny. Anyway, um, uh, so yeah, we're uh, we're doing this. We're actually I don't know. I mean, we could even we could even experiment. I think I saw at least one person who was like, "Ooh, this is a little better for me." When it's like a, like a half hour earlier, I don't know. We 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 picked this like arbitrarily this time because we were like, I don't know, evening. Why not? Why not try like a thing in the evening? But uh, but yeah, I mean, that was also very uh, flexible, I guess.
1: And I'll I'll even take the blame for this. We eventually picked nine o'clock because of my schedule and not because of anybody else's schedule. And of course my schedule, if you know anything about my life, it is forever chaotic. I do not know. Ever what my schedule is going to be, but maybe, hopefully, fingers crossed, in the future, we can keep this at 8.30. I don't know, yeah. but such is my life. <laughs> yeah, hopefully,
0: hopefully, trending upward towards uh, more flexibility and uh, better things as opposed to uh, moving in the opposite direction. Um, yeah, anyway, we're here to uh, to talk about... Uh, things again we're gonna mention this uh, I, I think we, there's a there's a there's a there's value in uh in, in saying this again where we were like we should uh, talk about the the slightly lighter things on this episode and uh, not you know on this show and not the, the the super heavy things and so yeah like there's a lot of really heavy shit going on in the background <laughs> and i think we're gonna skip over some of that to talk a little bit about internet drama and uh the gender wars. I don't know what you want to call it. Gender gate, dead name gate <laughs> needs to be some kind of name for it. Um, cause there were like, the a com- name
1: gate.
0: Yeah, oh my God. <laughs>
1: there
0: were, uh, cause there was like a, there's like a couple of stories that are kind of semi related. We mentioned in the, uh, in the episode description, uh, both the Bette Midler <laughs> sticking her foot in it, which by the way, we didn't mention Macy Gray doing the same thing and Mark Hamill liking Bette Midler's tweet and getting shit for that. Uh, And yes, the Elliot Page situation where Jordan Peterson got uh, suspended from Twitter because he dead named Elliot Page and then there was it it tre- the dead name you know the it's, i again i the, the 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 gender maximalism makes this hard to discuss because there needs to be a context where in which even a gender maximalist agrees that you should be able to say Ellen Page for example talking about movies that were made Uh, where, you know, the actors credited as Ellen page interviews, old in pre-transition interviews. And yeah, if I say that, you know, if I say Ellen page was trending, like it's gotten to the point where like the dead name is like the N word, like what you can't say it, you can't say it ever. Like, I think I thought the point was like to not call the person that to their face because it's like it re-traumatizes them. Or they're preaching and but like for a celebrity. Or for like a public figure who is trans. To not have to ever even see the name. That they ha- built a career with. Seems a little excessive.
1: And, and there's a lot I have to say about that. But let's back up to Bette Midler. And her tweet that um, started the. I didn't start the whole thing. I started a whole thing. But. I actually have it pulled up because you know what? Bless her heart. It's still up. She did not take it down. No, she made a whole thread like, yeah,
0: she made a whole thread like, you know, essentially defending herself. We'll get to that. Well, let's start with the tweet. We'll get to the thread later.
1: Okay. So here's the tweet. If you somehow did not see it. Women of the world, we are being stripped of our rights over our bodies, our lives, and even our name. They don't call us women anymore. They call us birthing people or menstruators or even people with vaginas. Don't let them erase you. Every human on earth owes you. So y'all know how Twitter reacted to that. (laughs) You know, I don't need to explain it to you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and yeah, you know, we all found it extremely interesting and extremely funny and, and actually kind of affirming because yeah, a lot of, a lot of us, you know, non-crazy people have been commenting on how this like uh, uh, like excessively inclusive language regarding the pregnancy and stuff becomes increasingly dehumanizing birthing people, birthing bodies. I, you know, I'm, I think about the classic George Carlin a bit about uh, shell shock, about how you add syllables to something and you kind of make it cold and clinical. And so shell shock became battle fatigue and then battle fatigue became post-traumatic stress disorder. And like he says, you're, you're creating like an, a distance, an emotional buffer. And yeah, here you're going from like women to birthing people to people with vaginas to baby carriers, all kinds of things like that. Um, and yeah, here it's affirmed by the fact that Ben Mittler, who's clearly a little bit of a, an out-of-touch boomer, conflated that with, you know, like what she pers- you know, like with like the socially conservative anti-trans movement. And I think it's about it's related to a a New York Times op-ed. She was responding to an op-ed in the New York Times that was like that was that said like women are at- are under attack from both the far right and the far left. On the far right it's like abortion rights and blah 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 and on the far left it's like uh, extra-inclusive rhetoric that eliminates, like, the womanism of womanhood, you know? And, uh, and so Bette Midler was like, yeah, we're under attack from the... he Like, she kind of read it as, like, it's all this, what, amorphous group.
1: And, and this is something that we, as women, as feminists, which I, I will totally claim the mantle of libertarian feminists, this is what we've been trying to explain to people for a long time. Second wave feminists, people like J.K. Rowling, people who I guess now like Bette Midler, or just women who are in at this point now their 60s, perhaps their 70s, you were there for the second wave of feminism. You understand what that battle was and how it was basically a struggle to be seen as women as like, people like as, as, as a, as something separate than just like vaginas or uteruses or birthing people or people who are just meant to be mothers and wives, but also as like complete full individual human beings. Okay. I get it. Yeah. But here's my thing. And I wish I, I seriously wish that a trans person would write this essay because when you want to reduce down in the name of inclusiveness, you want to take away the word woman and use things like people with uteruses or menstruators to include trans men, like That to me seems incredibly fucking cruel because you're pointing out to a trans man that he is never going to be a cis man. And when you're reducing people down to body parts, I mean, it's reductive no matter who you're doing it to, whether you're doing it to a cis woman, whether you're doing it to a trans man, you're... You're doing something that is not actually inclusive it's something that's very exclusive and it, especially for trans men like I would not want to be in a position where if somebody kept referring to me by like a an organ or a, a bodily process that I feel does not belong to me or should not be. Part of who I am, and so it's like it, it's this weird slap in the face when this, this whole this whole conversation is just like it's very it's very weird to me, and I don't understand how it's supposed to be inclusive.
0: Well, in the na- it's it's weird that in the name of sensitivity they treat inclusivity like it's a math equation. Like what you know? It's like uh, it's it's like finding the lowest common denominator, right? They're like, what is the the most abstract thing that can we can reduce both women and people who don't identify as women who are pregnant? Like, let's find the most abstract term: uterus havers, you know, whatever or something like that. But it's like you're you're it, it, that's the opposite of being sensitive. Like, it technically. Being the most inclusive is also the most uh, like uh, like uh, like lexically complicated because because what are you supposed to say? Women and trans men and non-binary people and agender age people and what are you supposed to say? Like seventeen thousand groups So like we gotta like simplify this somehow, but then you're left with this weird term that is is not respectful to any of the people in the group just so that you can find a term that applies to all of them without any of them being outside of it that feels very like uh cold math to me
1: and celeste ing did a whole thread on twitter about how and this is again like the stupidest dunk i've ever seen in my entire life um it's the idea that like oh well if you would have a problem with saying like women and birthing people Then you're, then you're revealing your problem. But again, this is like, this reminds me of the dunk that people try to make on pro-life people where they're like, oh, well, if you're pro-life, then you believe that a man should be paying child support from conception. And it's like, yes, that's literally what pro-life people believe. Like you're not dunking on anybody. They've been very clear about this. And so when you, when you try to make a dunk on saying that like, if anybody would be okay with like, women and birthing persons. Like I I personally would prefer something a little more dignified than birthing persons for people who don't identify as women, but for the sake of brevity and discussing a topic publicly, I would, I'd be perfectly fine with women and birthing persons because you're not, again, you're not reducing a trans man down to an organ that he feels he should not have. Like Why like this feels like such a slap in the face whenever somebody says like people with vaginas or people with uteruses like you're reminding somebody who you're trying to be sensitive to of the fact that they are not a cis man. They're never going to be a cis man. You have a uterus. You have this like this is your situation like it feels to me. it feels cruel me to like throw that in a trans man's face, like constantly to be referred to somebody as like, oh, you're you're a birthing person or you're a person with a uterus or even like I think menstruator would not even be correct because I would assume that all trans men or at least most of them either take like the birth control pill or something else to avoid menstruation. So they're not even menstruators because why would, again, why would you go to like a body dysmorphic thing every month? Like something make any sense. I don't
0: know. I, I, you know, I always thought like women and others would have been fine, but the word other (laughs) now is like has baggage. And so, Whatever, but uh, but but at the thing that uh, that uh, Celeste Ng said that I thought was like ridiculous. Again, the trying to like justify it logically. She said, "Women are a subset of birthing people," and I was like, "Look, t- technically, it again." It reminds me of that joke. I keep telling this joke about the elephant and the mouse who are walking in the desert, and then the mouse looks back and says, "Wow, look how much sand we're kicking up, right?" It's like the same thing. It's like, it's a subset. Yeah, women are a su- the subset of a larger group of which they're like 99.9% of, <laughs> right? And I said, it's the same same thing with Latinx. There is this perception that like, because you're being inclusive, the only people who won't like that are people who are opposed to inclusivity. But some people say, I'm happy with being inclusive, but don't erase the uniqueness of my identity in your creation of a more inclusive group bring somebody into it don't say i'm bringing somebody in and now we're changing what the group means because of this new person we brought in that's not inclusivity that's like reorganization that's like redubbing or you know it's like a redistribution of gender
1: <laughs> and like it's like i don't seize even understand the means how- of
0: reproduction
1: <laughs> but like, I don't even understand how this is supposed to be inclusive for trans men because, like, we don't go around calling trans women people with penises or ejaculators, like, because that would be considered very mean and hurtful and cruel. So it's, why do we do that to trans? There's men?
0: something there. You, so you you hit on something. I was going to mention it before when you were mentioning like Gloria Steinem style feminism. I think that there is. I've noticed this. It's more about women. It's more about gender genericizing female spaces. And I think it's a little bit of like a backlash to old school feminism that carved out very explicitly female spaces in society. Because like take, take the anger at the fucking vagina. What a great example where like the vagina, they had to like cancel performances of the vagina monologues. Because the word, you know, because that's that's like a, it's exclusionary to women who don't have vaginas, right? That seems to me like a really good microcosm of the. It's like a, it's like the idea of like, oh, women created this thing, and now I'm a trans woman, I can't be part of that. Like, f- you know, fuck off. And but because that feminism was so centered around. Femininity, pregnancy, and the, the uterus, and the, again the vagina, which was again, where the, vagina, like the vagina Exactly, like the idea was like we, women are special, and here's why women are special. And I think again the the the, the third and the fourth wave, whatever you want to call postmodern feminism, is doesn't like that. That feels too cis normative to them. And so I feel that it's there's that's way more under attack than like men stuff. And yeah, that's why you don't hear like ejaculators or
1: whatever. Like <laughs> havers. Yeah, like oh, oh, that's a trans woman. Oh, that that fucking cock and ball haver right over there. It's like yes. man, you would never say that to a trans woman because that's that's hurtful. Like everybody agrees that that's like you're bringing up something that is deeply hurtful to that person. And yes. I don't understand.
0: We should, people, we should call We should call people oh, I was gonna say ovarian and testicular, but no, like someone would be like, No, my ovaries were removed and like, yeah, someone would be like, exactly. No, I had testicular cancer, that's not fair. <laughs> so like there is no And
1: like you can play that game too. It's like if you're willing, if you're <laughs> wanting to reduce it down to like body parts, like okay, you can okay, you could you could say birthing people and a a totally cis woman could be like I can't have kids. So what are you trying to say?
0: And so and and so here's the thing. We're touching on an interesting thing here because again I keep saying gender maximalism, right? It's something I use a lot on Twitter as well. And again, it's the it's like the Jordan Petersons of the world and and whatever who think that like You know, an adult person who is, uh, you know, well established and lives a normative life who decides to gender transition is like mentally sick and mutilating their own body or whatever on one side. And on the other side, yeah, you have all kinds of like, if you say woman, you should get fired and all kinds of uh, crap like that. Uh, But in the middle, there is there is this middle ground where. Uh, where you want to say, look, I want to respect, you know, if you decide, you know, if you're, if you, if you self-identify as a woman, that's fine. But there are, there are immutable aspects to bi- physical, to, to, I don't know, biological reality that are out of our control. It's like, it's, it's so funny that like people say like, yeah, your sex you know, your sexual orientation is something that's out of your control. But then we act like. You know, like the 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 body that you're born into is not something that's out of your control, like Leah Thomas, that kind of thing. Where you say, like, look, I would lo- I would love for us to live in a society where you woke up one day and said, "I'm a woman," and then you would magically transform into a woman. You know, for real. We talked about this on one previous episode about futurism mm-hmm. and about uh, the 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 moral implications of a future in which that would be possible. For example, for you to say, like, yeah, I'm gonna. You know, I'm gonna make a clone of myself except that, you know, the little gene is gonna the chromosome is gonna be switched to like a thing, and then I'll have a, a version of me that's a woman. I'll transfer my brain into there. There, I'm a woman now, right? And so yeah, I'm I'm in a place where I wanna say, I wanna respect your your the way, you know, your self-identification or whatever you wanna call it, in as much as I can, but there are some ways in which like you run into kind of like a wall, and yeah, sport is one of them and you got to say like look it's not it's out of our hands yes technically it isn't cuz technically you would just say yeah sure race against whatever but yeah like there there has to be this i hate when they try when when you know in in the in the in the war in this sort of effort of never give an inch they also say like biology is also a social construct and there's gay animals and all kinds of stuff like that. Right. And oh, chimera syndrome. And, you know, they want to cite, you know, tiny uh, conditions and very rare instances to be like, see, but biological dimorphism is bullshit. And like, I hate that.
1: And I fully agree that like sexuality is on a spectrum and I'll even say gender is on a spectrum. And in, for me like I feel bad for trans women because I'm like that's got to suck. Like I I I can understand and sympathize that you look at your body in the mirror and it's not you it does not match what you feel. Like I that's got to suck in ways that I can never begin to comprehend. I get it. I also understand that especially in certain situations like, I know we've mentioned Spa before, but then there was also another situation that came up recently where a woman was going into a group therapy session for survivors of sexual assaults. And so she went into the room and there was a trans woman there, but she was presenting as a man. And so obviously she found that very traumatizing and very disturbing because again, if you're a, a cis female victim of sexual assault and you're going into a group therapy session, you do not want to see somebody who is presenting as a man in that room. Right, you and there was anger, that.
0: right. There was anger at the woman because she knew that there would be somebody who was trans there, but you're right, but what they did, but they said it was a trans woman and she was male presenting and that You know, that defied the point. Again, if the thing that you're opposed to is that your teenage girl in the locker room sees a penis in her face, then how the person who is attached to that penis, like, self-identifies becomes irrelevant because that's the thing that you're opposed to is that biology in their face. That's, that's what I mean. And like, and yeah, sure. I guess you could look at that as old fashioned and you could say 50 years from now, people will laugh at, at the attitudes of now, but, but it's not, it's not full. It's not ununder It's not ununderstandable. <laughs> that's a double negative. It is understandable.
1: <laughs> and I, I was raised with the concept that, I don't need to see any dicks that I do not consent to seeing. <laughs> like that's like that's it. Like you do not like you do not have to be subjected to anybody showing you your penis, like if you did not consent to seeing said penis. And but but and now and again like the Wee Spa situation is turning that on its head and, and the response from even feminists was like just ignore it. I'm like, I'm not going to, like, first of all, like, even just on, like, a visual spectrum, like, if I walk into a place where I am not expecting to see a dick and there is a dick out, I am going to notice it. Yeah, Like, and, I can't not walk.
0: <laughs> and, and, and I can tell. One way that I can tell, especially that, like, the, the kind of, like, high school bathroom debate is actually a proxy debate for a fight about transgenderism itself, is that nobody, I've never heard anybody propose (laughs) the easiest fucking solution to this, which is just do stalls everywhere. Stalls Stalls? with curtains. Yeah. No shared areas where people are disrobed. There's all, it's all walled off, you know, like almost like bathroom stalls, you know, and that's fucking it. But nobody ever suggests that. The options are no, you don't get to use this locker room or no, your children have to suffer with this other or whatever. So I don't want to like – again, I don't want people to – because again, we're not – we just – that's the thing by the way because we're going to talk – we're going to go back to Bette Midler right now because we would easily – get accused of horrific transphobia for what we're talking about now, even though we both just went through a whole thing about how we're actually like more on their side than a lot of people in our like orbit, especially my orbit. I hang around with people who are far more conservative than I am. And I say often like my mantra about, you know, arguing with uh, people who are uh, transgender or uh, use other pronouns online was like I'll fully call you by your pronouns of choice as I'm calling you a fucking asshole like just because we're fighting about something doesn't mean have to drag your identity into the fight it's not about that um but yeah the thing about Bette Midler so she she came out not she didn't apologize she was actually kind of unrepentant and one of the things she said is a thing we keep going back to she writes I've fought for marginalized people for as long as I can remember. Still, if you want to dismiss my 60 years of proven love and concern over a tweet that accidentally angered the very people I've always supported and adored, so be it. But the truth is democracy is slipping through all our fingers, blah blah blah, right? That was but that, never mind. But like she and I, and and that's and that's the thing. That's uh, uh, ironically, the bank of social justice has no equity in it. Like there's never, your your previous actions, you never build up any social credit with the social justice movement. Like you could do anything. We talked about, uh, who was it? Was it Jim Gaffigan who made some kind of joke about, uh, about chest feeding? And then came out and was like, I'm really sorry, I spoke to my trans friends, this is a nice... And like his comments were full of like, yeah, now do something materially beneficial to trans people, you know, to show your whatever. Like someone who there's a good chance was like legitimately contrite. He's like, he hangs out in left-wing circles enough so that he actually might have regretted it sincerely. And yet still he gets zero, he gets zero quarter. Like you know, you could be Mr. Transphobia you know, you could be like uh, like a Steven Crowder and apologize and your comments would be similarly like it wouldn't be more angry. It would be like just hey, contribute now to to glad if you're so if you're so sorry.
1: I, I kind of gotta give it to bet for not backing down on this one because I mean she could have deleted the original tweet. She could have not written that thread. But again, like the, this is a situation where a lot of older feminists do view this, this certain situation, uh, and, and not saying that they're TERFs. They're not. I mean, they're they're perfectly fine with transgender women. But and Bette Midler, the by the way. That, that, but, the, but the language that's being used is stripping away the word woman. Yeah. I mean, it is.
0: Yeah, and Bette Midler, by the way, despite being like a a fully insane person now, definitely is like uh was always like a major f- existed in you know like LGBT circles, drag and uh, Broadway and all kinds of stuff like that. Like her, she definitely is not someone that would like uh, that would that is like latently transphobic and it just came out i mean it's it's a sincere like you said it's there is a disconnect here in the same way that a latinx is uh sort of disconcerting to like a lot of hispanic people who uh because it is funny that you're like you're trying to like uh Celebrate Spanish and do political ads in Spanish and do outreach in Spanish, but like the one Spanish thing you're not going to do is gendered nouns. Like, that's not <laughs> like that's you're like, I love oh, like boy, yes, Espanola, Espanol, but I'm not gonna, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say any nouns because <laughs> I might be gendering a bicycle or whatever. <laughs> I mean, Hebrew is like that too. Like, in in Hebrew, you, 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 um. You in when you enumerate like if you say uh, one one uh, shoe one sock you use g- the gendered count depending on some arbitrary designation you know what I mean like pants well, for what for, for example like, a like sock. Is it for like like like
1: a like a woman's shoe versus a man's shoe no
0: no all socks the, the noun socks sock is a feminine noun you know but like pants, well, you, you yeah, like when you say one pair of pants, it's a ma- it's like the male noun, even if it's a women's pants, it doesn't matter. It's the noun pants is all nouns are. By a bicycle is a female, for example. Oh no, wait, actually, it isn't. It's male. Never mind. It's it, but 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 the, the point is like there is no it, it, there is no like social designation. It's purely like a grammatical. Uh, but yeah, the point is like you're, you're tipping over. As I said before, inclusivity has like diminishing returns at some point. The, the more you start to like erase the different members of the group and turn it into this like uniformly gray mush – you know, like you start, like the people in it start to be like, I, uh, my identity now doesn't matter anymore. I'm not a woman. I'm not a Latino. I'm not a this. I'm a, I'm a abstract BIPOC Latinx, uh, yeah. whatever. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Birthing. I'm a BIPOC Latinx birthing person. Did, was that? Was that a, a woman? You understand? Like, it's a designation where, like, it erases and it erases like so many elements of what most people, because cis people, you know, like straight people, exist and also value their own gender and value, like, you know, being called by the, you know, men like being men and like being referred to as men, and women like being women and referred to as women, and like taking that away from them is, you know, can be inclusive in certain situations. But again, maximalism, the idea that like, nah, the fact that you're a woman shouldn't matter and ever in any situation is like, really? Like, says who?
1: So what you're saying is I just can't refer to you as an ejaculator, correct?
0: Yes, yeah, ja- <laughs> <laughs> An ejaculator. But no, what if uh what if I can't? What if I have uh what if I uh have low T and I um uh,
1: what, what if you have what, what if you have ED? I mean, yeah. my god. Yeah,
0: there's yeah, there is no. Yeah, anyway. But um and um
1: anyway, moving on to another Transgender controversy that makes no goddamn sense to me well, whatsoever.
0: So, so, and again, it, it, it demonstrates, uh, it demonstrates how uh, like a, the middle ground on this is like so non-existent. I mean, it's, it exists, but it yeah. is like so drowned out as to be, as to seem non-existent. Because we're talking about the latest Elliot Page cycle because... Uh, there there are lots of them. And, and by the way, poor Elliot Page isn't the one doing this. You know, yes. this isn't. It's not like it's not like a Taylor Lorenz minute where she's always like the architect of her own news cycle. Elliot Page just exists now. And yeah, yes, on talk shows, he'll say, a th- uh, you know, whatever, something political or 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 uh, do a photo shoot in a magazine with his abs out. But it's like. He's not antagonizing Jordan Peterson. I think he just like randomly mentioned this. You know the yeah, idea like, that
1: Elliot Page is literally just out living his life, and I I, I kind of want to back life. up. I kind of want to back up, and for people who don't know who Elliot Page slash Ellen Page is, and I I don't feel like this is dead naming because again. Elliot Page has never made an issue of this whatsoever. Anyway, Elliot Page was once Ellen Page. And back in the day, when Elliot was Ellen, she was a movie star. And obviously you probably know her from, Jun- from Juno and Hard Candy and stuff like that. X, so, the
0: X-Men movies.
1: Yeah. So obviously we all know that Elliot was once a woman. Like, this is not like a surprise or a shock or a secret to literally anybody. So how this went down, and again, I want to kind of give the backstory on page. When he came out as trans was back in December of 2020. And when he came out, he said that he was already in the process of recovering from top surgery, which if you don't know what top surgery is, it's When you have your breast removed. Now, but also, yeah, but also,
0: and also like, you know, shaped in a, it's like there, there's a, it's not just like a, like a mastectomy. There is some sort of cosmetic, there's a cosmetic aspect to it. Yeah, sure. Mm?
1: You're turning your woman boobs into man boobs. Yeah, that's Whatever. Yeah. Anyway.
0: I mean, I would, li- I would like. I, for the record, I would totally get. I would totally want Elliot Page's abs. <laughs> for the record,
1: where do I get the surgery for that? Please yeah. <laughs> the exactly. Uh, Hello, Elliot. Where'd like you get right abs? Sur- yeah,
0: where'd you get that abs surgery? <laughs> I want that.
1: But the broader point I want to make is that obviously, she came out as trans in December of 2020. Elliot Page is 35 years old right now. This is not somebody who transitioned as a minor or who ran to the surgeon's office this, like the day he turned 18. This is somebody who transitioned when he was well into his 30s. So this is not something that was like spur of the moment. He said that. And he also, had- yeah, and also,
0: by yeah. all accounts, uh, well adjusted. Not someone who fell into y- hard use of hard drugs or weird. Because we, we, we're going to talk about Ezra Miller in a second, mm-hmm. because that's like a a totally like mirror image of because 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 Ellen Elle Elliot uh, Elliot Page again by all accounts well adjusted adult who uh, as a woman first decided she was a lesbian or said that she was a lesbian and then either decided or knew Married, all along oh, or but whatever.
1: Married a woman.
0: Yes. Before uh, she transitioned. Yeah. And, so, and, and so, and I don't know if this was a, like a growing realization or it was a, I, whatever, I, I, I didn't look into it. But again, seemingly normative throughout the entire process, maintaining a career. Now he is on Umbrella Academy, playing a trans... Character a post transition that he as a she played pre transition on Umbrella Academy it's like a it's like a big first where she then became he uh, the actor a- actress actor and the character at the mm-hmm. same time which is kind of interesting um, but uh, yeah but like the a, a strange avatar for this stuff uh, I'm, I don't exactly understand. Why?
1: And, and I, I bring I bring all of the past stuff up because this is a trans person who quote-unquote did it correctly and that they obviously they didn't do this. They didn't do this in their youth. They didn't do this in their 20s. Like this was something yeah, that they thought about and did.
0: Yes, more accurately, I was going to say, the circumstances of the transition kind of kneecap a lot of the... The narratives about the harmfulness of transition in general, like you said, not in youth, not in some kind of, you know, weird maladjusted situation yeah. um, and, and seemingly, again, well, well adjusted, but, uh, you know, throughout and post the transition. Uh, did Has Jordan, did Jordan Peterson ever uh, go like this after uh, Caitlyn Jenner? I I'm here like I'm not I'm not this isn't I like the, I I don't know.
1: not answer that.
0: But yeah. cuz again aside
1: really,
0: sort of cuz you were we were saying again there is there is a weird there is a weird uh dynamic I think it's worth investigating cuz I don't think anyone has done this really uh examine the various both pro and anti reactions both to to like a fa- a famous like male to female trans and a female to male trans because I, mm-hmm. I think there is there's some there is something yes. there where some aspects of it I mean you could say it's like you know men you would you know a lot many men who find lesbians super hot find game you know gay men exceptionally disgusting right um I, I mean I always attributed it to like women being the objectively like more attractive gender. And so it's a lot easier to just imagine two beautiful things together where men mostly know that men are disgusting and smelly <laughs> and, and, gr- and gross. I think it's more that than homophobia. It's more like, why would you want to do those gross things together? There's too much, there are too many things sticking out. They don't fit well together. It's like, eh. anyway, <laughs> Ezra Miller.
1: <laughs> no, no, before we get to Ezra oh, okay. Miller, I want to I was, point out. <laughs> I
0: was trying to change the
1: topic. <laughs> no, because we're not done with this topic yes. yet. Because I wanted, I, I, I want to highlight exactly what it is that Jordan Peterson said on Twitter that apparently got him banned from Twitter.
0: Yeah, was it banned yeah. or suspended? Peter-
1: um suspend the band? I Yeah, I think it's I one of those like TV you gotta TV delete TV suspended. <laughs> well no, I think I think it's one of
0: those like you gotta delete this tweet before you reinstate you and then it's like I'm not gonna out of principle. I think it might be one of those.
1: Yeah, except he deleted the he he deleted the tweet. But anyway, oh, okay. here was the tweet. Remember when pride was a sin? And Ellen Page just had her breast removed by a criminal physician all right, now you can feel however you want to feel about trans people. That's a fucked up thing to say.
0: Wait, when pride was a sin?
1: He's speaking on Pride Month.
0: Yeah, but like, is that really, is he really yearning for the days when like being not straight was sinful?
1: Uh, Even the second part of that where, and this is what actually got him kicked off of, of Twitter was, um, part of Twitter's TOS, and this has been this way for years, is that dead naming is a violation of TOS. So, by specifically using the name Ellen Page, you're dead naming, and so therefore you give Twitter an excuse to kick you off. Okay.
0: Yes. Again, content moderation, like, that. oh, yeah, keep
1: going. Sorry. Okay. But this tweet, like, okay, that tweet is shitty enough. Uh, especially considering that the whole reason that I like did the whole preamble to this is to let you know that literally that is inaccurate. Um, he did not just have his breasts removed. He hadn't done a couple of years ago and the whole idea of it being a criminal offense, like, no, this was a grown ass person deciding that he did not want to have breasts anymore, which is not criminal. It's perfectly
0: fine. People, same do way bo- it's per- People do body mod shit where some yeah. guy's like, I want to be an alligator man. So I'm going to file my teeth down and, and, and inject collagen into my eyebrows to make myself and tattoo my face green because I want to look like an alligator. Like this. This is tame by comparison. <laughs> I mean, it, of like- that crap. Go watch any episode of Ripley's Believe It or Not or whatever. <laughs>
1: And it's like women do body mods all the time. Women have breast reductions. Women have breast augmentations. Like it's like, would you have been mad if she was still Ellen Page and got like some big ass titties? Probably not. But moving on, <laughs> the problem that I had with Jordan Peterson beyond this tweet is that he did this whole video about Elliot Page, and he's sitting there. I shit you not. Fucking look it up on Twitter. I am not lying to you. He's sitting there comparing what Page had done as far as top surgery to what the Nazis did to Jews in concentration camps. Yeah, Mengele, I think,
0: right?
1: Fuck you, dude. No. I'm No, that's not even remotely acceptable and i fuck you i'm sorry but no like i'm the spectrum they, they, of you know not understand i think the yeah process
0: of consent. Not, look not nazi comparisons are already bad and within the spectrum of nazi comparisons comparing comparing things to Mengele is uh, you know like uh, and there's an ex- exceptionally high bar of proof that you got to pass before you go there right and it really has to be someone who coer- coercively does things inhumanly for the sake of like cold, uh, you know, either quote unquote research. Because in the same way that like uh, the Japanese unit, what was it called? Unit 570, Unit 57, Somebody, somebody in chat is going to know. 731, Japanese unit which was like the Mengele of the Imperial Japanese army. And they tortured uh, Chinese POWs in horrific ways just to see like, they were like, uh, well, how do, how long does a frostbite uh, take? So you have to cut somebody's arm. So we'll take a naked Chinese prisoner or dunk cold water on him and leave him outside in sub-zero temperatures and see how long it takes him to die, you know, stuff like that. And so that that you you're talking about that kind of thing you're that and you read that's really really far if he wants to say oh physicians like this are unethical or whatever that's still like again i don't think that that's true but at least you're within the realm of like like you know like not you're not go, you're not going to the to 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 12 yeah. you're taking it to fucking 12 there Uh, You know, there's like a, there's a, there's people who have like severe uh, body dysmorphic disorder and want like electively to have like a leg amputated. And yeah, doctors won't, many, many doctors will say no. And there are rare doctors that do do this. And so, Many of these people like seek them out and those doctors get shit on by some of their colleagues who say you're unethical. It's it's a thing. It's a thing that exists. It's a debate that exists elsewhere in medicine. And I think it's fine. You know, I think it's well within the realm of debate to say, like, I don't think it's ethical to 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 transition someone's gender medically. I don't agree. But you could say that. But, yeah, like he takes it to like he takes it to crazy town.
1: Yeah, you don't you do not compare somebody having an elective plastic surgery procedure to a a group of people an ethnicity of people being experimented on without their consent like yeah.
0: no who was he thirsting over cuz there was a there was a there was like um there, like there was like a thing where he got upset that some uh, plus size Model was in the yeah we talked tercera. about, that. but what? But then there was another one where he was like, "Oh, here is uh, someone who's beautiful" or something like that, and then people like dunked on him. But I don't remember who it was that he was talking about, and I was I was just wondering because I couldn't recall off the top of my head whether or not she had like breast implants because like. <laughs> You know, like same yeah. things going the other way, or like uh or like uh the tennis player Simona Halep famously had a breast reduction surgery because her breasts were too big to play yeah. tennis professionally, I think she's like uh not Russian but like something of the something in the Eastern European region there um but yeah, like is that. <laughs> Is that not okay? Because she oh, – she, because – is that okay? Because she like – she didn't take them away entirely, only like half of them or something like yeah. that? What about p- women who have – well, no, he would probably – he would probably excuse us for the exact reason I was saying, but like preventative double mastectomies. Like I know that's a thing. Like women who are in Mm -hmm. high risk, don't test for cancer at all. Or like, I don't want to deal with this shit ever. And I, for whatever reason, am willing to, there's actually, I think, I think that women have like double mastectomies and then put in, you know, fake breasts that are like reasonably sized. And then like, just don't worry about having to be afraid of cancer like that. Is that, how is that different? It's just because, it's again, it's a proxy war against transgenderism in general. And I think that even if you're very opposed to like uh, uh, ch- anything related to children and drag queen story time and any kind of trans messaging in children and stuff, like I think you really shouldn't be too concerned about adults doing things, about, you know, that are the, under the guy, you know, under the care of medical professionals of fully consenting and all kinds of stuff like that. I don't know that you should be as concerned as Jordan Peterson and it all seem to be.
1: And this is kind of what pisses me off about this conversation is because there is a legitimate conversation to be had about minors going on puberty blockers and going on hormones and stuff like that and the long-term effects that that can possibly have. But when you have people like Jordan Peterson, who, again, this all started with, oh, it's the kids, it's the kids, it's the kids, and now you're fucking attacking somebody who transitioned in their 30s. Fantastic. Thanks, asshole. Now now everybody gets painted with the same brush that you're going to get painted with, which is that you have a problem with trans people. And that you think trans people shouldn't exist when there are legitimate discussions to be had about certain situations but now again like you you've put the, you you've put everybody in this position of having to like defend you although obviously i would never defend jordan peterson on this but it's, it's like now now you you've given the trans right activists the extreme ones the ammunition that they've been waiting for, which is to say that it's not about kids. It's about trans people and their right to exist.
0: Yeah. And then by the way, and their Vic and the, and the, the their targets, those activists are not Jordan Peterson. Trans activists don't go after Jordan Peterson. They go after like Jesse single and people yeah. who are like, people who are like, again, nominally on their side, except that they're like, you know, they examine the margins and the gray, the fuzzy edges of these things. It's, uh, it's research on again on puberty blockers and de- detransitioning. Which, oh, don't even say that fucking word around some mm-hmm. people. You know, let you know, let alone like write an article about it and interview a few of them. Let them on Twitter to say some stuff. Oh no, no, that's really dangerous yeah. to the cause. That's – and that – and that then it's like this feedback loop, right? Because Jordan Peterson becomes, you know, like uh, – or, you know, someone who like, likes Jordan Peterson or whatever will become more extreme when he sees that anybody who dips their toes into the debate, even reasonably so, is labeled a Jordan Peterson. That's – you know, it like it, – it just feeds back into itself. That's why I said that like the middle ground, which is actually really big, kind of like in the abortion debate, is getting like forcefully drowned out. Because I can't, you know, if I say literally like my position, I get hammered by both sides for my position, which is like I respect people's, you know, I respect people's, uh, you know, desire and ability to to ch- you know change their gender or identify as another gender, but there I there are there are societal limits to that. Like I separate. Uh, there's also like the idea of like personal inclusivity and systemic inclusivity, right? I have – in my own life, if I meet somebody who identifies as a woman, that's – I like – I have – that's like – who cares, right? But you're talking about setting policy for all schools. Like that's a little different, right? It doesn't mean like if I have some kind of compunction about national policy for young children that that means that I hate trans people. Like – I say often, it drives nihilism. Like, I often just don't feel like participating in this debate at all because of how crippling, uh, uh, like, extremism just, like, descends on you no matter what you try to say reasonably.
1: And, I mean, we've touched on this conversation before, and I'm sure we will again in the future, but since we are running up on a time frame and one of us is old. Um, What what do you want to discuss now? Do we want to discuss Deborah Messing yelling at Joe Biden or Joe Biden tweeting the thing out? No, I don't think we should
0: talk about uh, Joe Biden tweeting the thing out. I think of the Deborah Messing thing. I think just in general, we can say that uh, something has happened. Some kind of dam has broke. I think it's related to Roe v. Wade, where the press is kind of turning on Biden now. Because this Deborah Messing anecdote with Deborah Messing on a call with Democrats basically Quick. said like, I helped get you elected. I, you know, I got Biden elected. And what has that gotten for me? Not you know, nothing. All kinds of celebrity stuff. But yeah, I was in a, on one of several articles that came out over the last few days about what a disaster the Biden White House has been, which now comes right as Kate Bedingfield... One of Biden's closest and longest advisors is leaving the White House to spend more time with her husband and children. <laughs> that was literally what they said. And I said on Twitter, like, if you still use that now, you're sending a clear message that it's not that. It's the Republicans' pounce of resignation letters. It's like usually when a man says, I'm leaving to spend more time with my wife and children, it usually means he had like an affair or, you know, or was like, uh, yeah, me who was me too in some other way. But like, I, th- yeah, I, I think there's, it's a big mess. I think, she, you know, they keep blaming uh, like his comms team is like under constant fire for having to defend like shit policy and Biden making statements off the cuff. You know, they had to invent this whole narrative about how, oh, the president speaks from the heart. He's not speaking policy. When like yeah, like that flew during the Trump era when people said took him take him seriously but not literally. That was like that turned into a joke. But now people are like, oh no, he just he's just regular Joe speaking his his, his, his he's speaking what he's feeling. But it's then, all hand
1: yeah. Joe. <laughs> yeah,
0: but like but like Saki, why do you think Saki left? Like they're not they're you know say what you want about like tr- you know Trump at least was able to fi- find people who like. Lacked the <laughs> who were like who are totally fine just doing this for years. Although it did wear out on uh, yeah.
1: on Huckabee
0: Sanders, so that she left. Kaylee McEnany lasted for a while. I think she enjoyed the. I think she kind of enjoyed the. She was, she was like a Twitter. She was like a Twitter. A, a fighter but like in real life that was kind of a, what, what she did but yeah I think it wore Saki down to a nub and uh, they put uh, Carrie Jean Pierre is that her name out there and she's wholly unprepared for this Ron Klein is just utter disaster I, it's it's yeah anyway it was just, I was just saying like I think because they had so much time to prepare a response to Roe because of the leak and just didn't do anything. <laughs> Democrats were like, okay, what are you doing? And they're like, ah, we're, we're working on it. Or we're, we're still working on it. And the press and everyone is like, what the f- what the fuck's going on? Like, I think they're really mad at him.
1: His comms suck. Like, there's no <laughs> way around that. His comms suck. But I, I will somewhat stick up for the Biden White House in some way here. In the fact that People like Deborah Messing and people who attacked the Biden White House on Twitter seem to be of this opinion that, okay, we did the thing, we did the vote, and now it is supposed to be the unicorns and the, the rainbows and everything is supposed to be great. That's not how this shit works. That's not how politics works. That's not how affecting change works. And I, I, I can kind of have a tiny bit of sympathy for the Biden White House in having to deal with people who thought that like, okay, we put you in the White House and now why isn't everything all great? Like, because it's not.
0: The problem, you're right. You're very right, by the way. And there's people also who build careers like AOC, people like that build entire careers Mm -hmm. on like setting uh, unattainable goals, and then complaining that the system is rotten because you can't attain those unattainable goals. Yeah, but they're not even getting the fundamentals right. That's what these articles are revealing. Like they don't send out thank you notes. They don't do things that like there's a there's something there's something uh, in the White House called like the Congressional Liaison Office. Okay, it's mm-hmm. basically an office that exists in the White House. Specifically, to liaise between like members of the president's party and the president. And like top Democrats are like, those fuckers aren't returning my calls. Like, I'm supposed to have a meeting with Biden. Like, I can't get a call from the liaison office. Right. And so, if they were at least, if they were like workaday competent, very on like the small things or whatever, but they're not, they're, that's the thing. He, he doesn't have anything that he can even forcefully say to Deborah Messing, hey, shut up. Look, this is what I did. Because the things he did didn't go the way he wanted them to. The infrastructure bill was like a, a thing that it was – he, he tried to like accede to the progressives by tying it up with Build Back Better and then that failed. And he like 75 times said Joe Manchin was like this close to saying mm-hmm. yes and it came out later that he was never even close at all. They even like it was even worse than than we thought. It came out later in how much they were like never gonna pass that, uh, and then inf- and then it caused inflation. The baby formula thing. Nobody resigned. Nobody was fired for any of these things. You know, like he can't, there's nothing that he can say like, look, I'm doing I'm doing. It's in you know it's inglorious, but at least I'm doing these fifteen things. Even Ukraine is like a, a mess with him. Because he commits and then he pulls a little back, and then he commits more and he, he pulls a little back. He, eh, it, it, he isn't even like even the war because all you got to do is go look at what like uh, Adam Kinzinger says he wants. They want more, more, more. That means Biden's not doing enough for them, but he's doing too much for a lot of other people. And so he hasn't even picked like a
1: attack. And, and it's like, but, like okay, so. Here's what, and I can go on like a whole nother, like hour long rant on this. <laughs> this is what happens when next you, week. We can do <laughs> this. is what mean, happens, this, this, this is not going away, but, we're
0: gonna have a lot to talk about the Biden White House disaster going forward, but yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah, but this is what happens when you vote on somebody who is running on a a a platform of being against xyz like okay what are you for like what are your policy positions what 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 is it that you're planning on to accomplish and like biden did actually articulate some of that especially as far as like i mean obviously not ukraine and obviously not roe which i mean ukraine was not a thing roe he should have ran on um but even like as far as like marijuana legalization like he specifically ran on the idea of legalizing marijuana on the federal level obviously that's not fucking happening and it's like it's it it's this weird situation that i find myself in of watching people once again become disillusioned with a politician because they're not doing the things that they said they were going to do i'm like are you new here is this your first is this your first cycle do we need to have a chat but yeah it's just like it's but this is like especially just kind of ineffectual but then again so much of this is not I mean it it's a lot of this is not in his purview to do I mean a lot of this I I put a lot a lot on Congress for why yeah
0: but, but, but are the way they are but but, but at see. least you know Obama at least because I think a, a more agile administration would have come out with like 15th, they would have thrown like spaghetti against the wall after Roe, and they would have said all of the things that like Warren said and this said, they would have said, this is terrible, so what we're gonna do is this. We're looking into establishing abortion clinics on federal land, including national parks, federal institutions and states. We're looking into uh, federal bans on sanctions against traveling out of state. We're looking into federal, to set aside federal funds to subsidize uh, travel and abortion services for women. Just say 20 things like that. You don't know if you're going to pass any of them, but you're saying, here's all of the things we're going to look into doing now. Project competence, project proactiveness. And that's a thing, by the way, that Obama did a lot and Trump kind of did too. Like promise big and then like a lot of the promises like don't amount to anything. But then, like, the one thing you do, you look back and you say, see, within those, like, eight things I promised was that thing that I delivered. But, like, they're kind of – they're kind of frozen in fear. I'm like, where is this weird yeah. – like, they're so con- – you know, like, they're such in control of they, – they meet with TikTok influencers or whatever. But, like, they're reacting like fucking – again, like like old boomers or even older than I mean, boomers.
1: Especially when it comes to abortion They are scared to fucking death to take a stance on this. And Democrats have been for decades. This is nothing new. I mean, they could have codified Roe at any point. They could have codified it at any point this last week. They did not. Or try, at least. Yeah, Yeah, there's a reason why that hasn't happened. And I, I, I wish people would start to understand exactly why that's not happening. I mean, you, you voted for Democrats on the basis, like, Oh, they're going to save us. Like, I keep row. I'm like, no, 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 no. That was the thing that kept them from ever having to touch this conversation. And now that they have to, you see what happens. You see how fucking scared they are to touch it.
0: Yeah, and by the way, and if there was, and if this really was a matter of like, oh, it's a mansion, it's a, whoever's holding it back, and the, the that was that was truly the intention. Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer could have gotten together and said, you know what, we're going to bring this up to a vote anyway, and mm-hmm. then see name and shame anybody from our party in both houses who's not willing to on the record sign this and then say, look, it's those people's fault. See, we tried to do the thing and here's the members of our own party who kneecapped our effort. But they're not, Chuck Schumer's never gonna fucking do that. Chuck Schumer like won't, you know, get out of bed for something that he doesn't know for a fact is gonna pass ever. Um, Yeah, it's like- they
1: They won't even do it to name and shame fucking Republicans. Come on now, people.
0: It's weird. Yeah, yeah. Okay, anyway, I think we're going to – I think we're going to have to – because we're – now we're getting into entirely different topics (laughs) that we're – we might cover, you know, like – either on this upcoming uh, pod or next week, whatever. Uh oh, Yeah. Uh, anyway, thank you for, uh, for tuning in uh, to this episode of All Crossed Out. Uh, surprises on the horizon. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, and until then, uh, I think uh, Jen can uh, give us our plugs.
1: Okay, so obviously Colin, you know where to find us because you're here. Obviously All Crossed Out maybe 8 30 in the future we don't know yet we'll figure it out anywho so our main pod ambitious crossover attempt on mondays you can find it on apple google spotify slash audible amazon everywhere like all your podcast catchers, you can find it and on twitter you can find us at ambxover on Twitter. You can find me at that Jen Monroe and on Substack at Jen, Jen
0: I am Neon Taster on Twitter and also youtube.com slash c slash and twitch.tv slash I finished playing Haiku the Robot. Uh, part one of that is up on YouTube already. Uh, and now I'm playing Tunic, a really cool game. Jen uh, saw, I think, uh, some of the first stream, a very cool, fun kind of puzzle game. flexible cool vibes. Super games. Yeah, uh, and uh, that is about it. So uh, have a good night, and we will talk to you next time. Thanks, Jen.
1: Thanks, no. Good night, y'all.